I can remember the very first time I saw someone do it and the very first time I heard the little ka sound on Etsy. And I honestly, I was like, oh my God, I'm good enough for someone to want to colour in. So it was an extreme moment of validation as an artist. Like, yes, you can actually do this because people do want to buy your work and colour it in. Name? Kim White. Name on Instagram. Creativehappy.life. Age? 31. I had to think about that. I was going to say 29. (laughs) Family? I have one gorgeous husband and a beautiful five-month baby boy called Archie. Lives in? I live in Bristol in the UK, which is kind of near London for anyone that's not in the UK. Favourite colouring book? Oh, it's going to have to be anything from Joanna Basford because I think she's got a lovely uh, childish and nostalgic style. Favourite pencils or pens? Definitely Prismacolor pencils. Coffee or tea? Definitely coffee, but I do love tea. Hello everyone and welcome back to an episode of Passionista Colorista podcast with me. Isabel from Sweden and welcome to today's guest Kim White. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Creative Happy Life that people maybe uh, know you under that. Yeah. yeah. How is it today? Well it's a very rainy day in Bristol and I've had not much sleep with my baby but I'm very excited to be here and be on your podcast. I had a bit of a fangirl moment when you reached out to me, so it's super exciting that this is happening. And you actually said that you are going to join two podcasts today. Yep, and I got those mixed up this morning, so mum brain in full swing. But yes, I have another podcast later on this evening when I actually in bed, but obviously we're getting started on the best one of the day. So you are super popular. No, I think it was just divine timing. To be honest. <laughs> so uh, you are an illustrator? Yes, I'm well, my actual day job is a web designer. So that's kind of where my creative expertise lies. But I've always been um, very passionate about drawing ever since a young age. So it's only in the last few years that I started to explore that. But I explore it in the digital realm so you will probably notice that I do my illustrations on my iPad and I also do my coloring on my iPad. But how did this uh, coloring book thing started for you? It's kind of a long story so I don't want to go too much into detail but it started um, a few years ago in my old job and I had a really big bout of depression and that depression stemmed from just eating disorders and stuff in the past and abusive relationships and stuff that kind of caught up with me when I got older and I was carrying around a lot a lot of mental baggage Um, and that in turn led to depression which lasted for quite a long time and once I got over the initial hurdles with depression and started to get on my feet again I wanted to use my time productively and do something creative and it naturally just led me back to my childhood roots of drawing. Um, 
so at first started with doing paper cutting so I was drawing paper cut designs and cutting those out and it was really therapeutic and I was really enjoying the kind of calming um it would just really chill me out and just take me out of my own headspace and then I realized over time that I really loved the drawing side more than the cutting side and then I started joining some coloring groups kind of got familiar with the community a little bit, posted some of my drawings, and it was when one person, I can remember their name, but I won't say, obviously, because they're privacy, but one person said, I would love to colour this in. You would make a great colouring book. And that one person was the catalyst for me to start actually going down this path of creating colouring books. So I've only launched two, and now I have my own uh, Creative Happy Life Club, which is a little bit similar to Patreon, but that's where I funnel my energy now. So there will be a book in the future, but right now I'm focusing on my club members. I know you are doing these beautiful colouring pages, but uh, how much do you colour in other person's books or uh, in your own? To be honest, I genuinely don't have the time to colour in other people's work now, which is such a shame because I've got some really lovely books all stacked behind me. But my work where I've always done it alongside either my full-time job or now I'm up on maternity and I'm trying to fit it at, fit it around being a new mum I I don't get very many hours so my energy tends to go into drawing and illustrating pages to give back to the community so it is a shame that I don't get to colour as much as what I would like to but I get so much enjoyment seeing other people get enjoyment from my colouring pages so it kind of goes full circle. Can you describe the feeling you have when you see a page that you have drawn that someone else have coloured and uploaded? Yeah I can well you know when I was younger I always got told um, you know don't follow art don't be an artist there's no money to be made in it you can't get a career being an artist and so I chose a very uh, traditional path of going going down the career route and trying to become a web designer, which, yeah, I did do. But when you're drawing something from your heart and it's something that you just want to create for the love of creating, and then someone then goes off and colours that in, it's just the most incredible feeling ever. Like, you just, you can't describe it. And every time I see a picture coloured in, it's always it's always completely different to how I imagine it to be. So in my head, when I'm drawing the picture, I tend to have a bit of a colour palette in my head that I'm working with, even though it's just line art, I can almost see how I would colour it in. And then to see the colourists in the community put their own creative flair on it is incredible because everyone's got a different creative eye. And I think that is the main thing as an artist to see other people's uh creative takes on your line art so it's almost like a collaboration it, it's amazing do you get the same feeling of relaxation and happiness when you are doing drawings compared to when you were coloring yes yes i do but that does have its limitations so i find that if i was for instance in my day job if i was told to do an illustration um in a certain style i could probably do it but I might not enjoy the process because it's someone else telling me what to draw, um, which isn't necessarily my uh, usual style. So if I'm drawing something in my own style, which is my style isn't very realistic, it's quite uh, 
cutesy, very simple line art. Um, I guess it steers more towards like a traditional uh, colouring book that maybe a, a kid would draw because I don't do any kind of grayscale or any shading or anything like that. So, yeah, if I'm drawing in that style, then I really, really love it. And hours and hours and hours can pass by if I let it. The only problem now is that I don't really get that time to do it. But when I do, I am 100% in my happy place. I, I could never be happier. It's honestly, my, I think my husband doesn't really understand it. He thinks he thinks I'm really boring and that I work all the time. And I have to tell him, it, this isn't work to me. This is This is me zoning out and just having some me time. And then the fact that I can obviously then push that out into the colouring community just amplifies that even more so yes I'm just 100% happy when I'm drawing it's just I, I'd do it all day if I could <laughs> but, but you said you do you are doing all the drawings and the, the coloring you are doing today on the computer yes I do it on my iPad I never used to I originally started in a sketchbook and just had you know pencils pens and all of that and When I was commuting to work, I would take all that in my bag along with my laptop and things. And then on my lunch break, I'd take it out with me and do doodling in the park or in a coffee shop. But then I was finding that that got a bit annoying, <laughs> having to carry all that extra stuff. And I noticed that there was an app called Procreate on the iPad. And I thought, hmm, this looks really interesting. And I just thought, do you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy an iPad. And I remember putting it on my credit card and thinking, oh, gosh, this is a really big investment for someone that just wants to do a bit of drawing. But it has been, oh, it's just amazing. I feel like I have a little art studio with me wherever I go. So if I'm in the mood for drawing, then I've got all the pencils. If I'm in the mood for colouring, then I also have, you know, all the uh, paint brushes and things like that. And yes, it's in a digital environment, but the Procreate app on the iPad is just absolutely incredible um and yeah I just like the fact that even even if I was traveling on the bus to work I could get my line art in the Procreate app and color it in and even though the bus would be jumping around and stuff I'd still be able to enjoy coloring because I can quickly erase any mistakes whereas I wouldn't necessarily be able to use that hour uh coloring if I was doing it doing it in a book so yeah for me it's just It's just a portable art studio. I take it everywhere. I take it in my uh, uh, nappy bag, actually. So <laughs> if I if I do if I do get a moment where I actually sleep and I'm out, I'll try and find somewhere to sit down so I can get a quick half hour session of doodling. <laughs> and is it the same feeling uh, when you do it digital compared to doing it traditional? Um, no. In in the beginning. It did feel really strange because the Apple Pencil on the iPad screen feels very slippery. So obviously when you draw on a piece of paper, you have a little bit of texture to the paper, which means that you have to apply, you know, a certain pressure with the pencil that you're using or the pen that you're using. And that transition over to digital was very, very strange at first. But now I'm completely used to it. And if I go back to drawing on paper, I find myself trying to do the shortcuts I would do on the iPad to erase something, for example. So I'm there like tapping the piece of paper thinking that it's going to erase the mistakes that I've just done. But it, it doesn't work like that. So, 
you can definitely say that I am a hundred percent in digital mode now. I mean, I do, I do revert back to coloring with traditional mediums every now and again because I do really enjoy that. I think, well, to be honest, I love both, but I feel like I get a little bit more enjoyment when I do it with pens and pencils when I'm coloring. But as for drawing, I think I will always stay on the iPad now because it just means that drawing is something that I can do on the go. So, yeah. Have you stopped buying coloring books then? Yeah, because I feel guilty if I can't color them in. So they just sit there collecting dust and it just seems a shame. But also the slight perfectionist in me doesn't really want to touch the book in case I ruin it anyway. So <laughs> it's a stupid mindset to have. I think I just buy these books because I think they look beautiful. And as an artist, I guess I can flick through and just really appreciate what the illustrator has done. So, yeah, I don't necessarily ever want to ruin that. But I would I do like to color stuff digitally because then I've got that chance to make mistakes and experiment with different styles and not worry about ruining anything. But I think that's just my perfectionist nature there. Where do you sit when you are doing these drawings? It honestly, like now, it just depends on where Archie is. So if Archie's napping at home, then I'll normally sit on the sofa, get myself cosy with a cup of tea. But if I'm out and about, then I'll just try and find a coffee shop or a bench, basically anywhere. And then before Archie, when I was working full time, I would do it, not necessarily drawing, I might be just kind of rough sketching ideas. So I might do that on the bus into work, which is a good hour. And then during my lunch break, I would head out to a cafe and I would do drawing there. And then I'd also do it on the way home. So that's about three hours of either sketching, drawing or just gathering kind of uh, references and stuff to get my creative juices flowing. So I think I've always been a bit of an in-betweeny time doodler. I've never, ever had like a good solid stint of drawing. It's always just broken up amongst my little snippets of time throughout the day. And I must admit that when I first had Archie, those first two months were incredibly hard, just being a new mum, and I didn't find any time to draw or do anything, to be honest. And during that two months, I actually thought, do you know what? I don't think I'm cut out for this uh, drawing business. I'm just, I'm going to sack it all in and give it up because I can't imagine how I meant to juggle being a mum and also trying to build my own little business on the side with my art. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad I didn't pack it in. I think I was just going through a bit of a rough time. So now it's all about me trying to find the balance between spending time with Archie, so I make sure that I'm present with him, and then finding time to draw, but equally finding time for myself and for my husband. So it is a very big juggling act. Yes, it. I can understand that, uh, and I mean, a little kid takes it time, and it gives energy and takes energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what do you do to when you try to take care of yourself? To be honest, my self care really is just making sure that I, and this sounds really stupid, but it's making sure that I eat properly because running around with Archie I will always put him first and then I'll forget about eating and things like that or I'll grab really unhealthy snacks which um coming from my eating disorder background that's actually 
a really, really bad way for me to live because it just makes me feel very negative about myself when I'm eating food that isn't nutritious. And then it kind of starts off this horrible cycle in my head where where I don't feel good and my energy is feeling really depleted. I then just end up grabbing for more unhealthy food. And then because I just feel really lethargic, I don't want to exercise. And so it all, for me, spirals from something as simple as choosing a healthy meal. And my other my other form of self-care is making sure that I go out for a walk every day with Archie. Even if the weather is bad, I, I like to get out and get some fresh air because I think that's really important. And also where I can, trying to get to the gym. Because that for me is an hour away from being mum. And even though I'm working out, I feel like I'm getting a really, really good break. Mm. <laughs> so when I come back, I feel very refreshed. And I feel like I've got actually more energy than what I would have done beforehand. You said that you were very creative as a kid. Yeah. Oh, every Christmas or every birthday, any opportunity, actually, I would always ask for Crayola gift set. So I would always have, you know, I, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but I had, um, it's like a three-tier set of drawers, and there was like a red, a yellow, and a blue one. It was like a Crayola drawer set, and inside every single drawer, there was like loads of Crayola goodies. And that was just like my life. So I would fill that up with all of my colouring and drawing stuff and paper, And I would just spread everything out on the dining room table and just make an absolute mess. And that would keep me occupied for hours and hours and hours. And I always remember my mum saying, well, do you not want some Barbie dolls or, you know, what the other little girls play with? And I was like, no, I just want to draw. So, yeah, I've always had that in me from a very young age. And I think it's really nice when you've got that childish kind of magic with being creative, because as you get older, I think you get it drummed out of you a little bit. And I definitely did because I absolutely loved art in school. I just, I always look forward to the lesson. And for me, it was just like, this isn't a lesson. This is like me having fun for two hours. Like, this is amazing. And uh, I thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to be an artist when I grow up. And then, you know, all the adults were like, no, you can't do that. There's no money in it. You need to follow a proper career path, blah, blah, blah. And I just... I just thought, yeah, I can't do this. I need to give it up. And I went down the traditional career path, as I said, going on a course with loads of other guys. I was the only girl in the class and I was doing like HTML and CSS. So that's basically like web design stuff and loads of coding. And that did land me my career that I have now, which I'm kind of thankful for because it has helped me in my journey as an artist. But I wish I never never let the dream die so quickly of being an artist. It's really nice now that I can, as an adult, choose to pursue that. But it's just a shame that growing up kind of <laughs> pushes the creativity out of people. That's why adult colouring is amazing. We're taking it back, guys. I agree. And how is your creative process? How do you approach uh blank piece of paper it's not a piece of paper then uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a piece of ipad but still uh, uh, the blank page yeah that's um do you know what i don't really have i, I don't really have a creative process per se 
So particularly right now, I will always ask my club members if there's any particular page that they might like to see or something that they would like me to draw. And if it's in my style, then I will kind of take it and run with it. But generally, I kind of go with my feeling at the time. So, you know, I, I might just be feeling in a bit of a like whimsical mood and fancy drawing a mermaid, for example, and then I'll do my own little version of a mermaid. But over time, I've seen that my style has kind of gradually started to change. So, yes, I kind of go on my feeling on that day and then I'll just gather a load of reference images um do some very rough sketches and my sketches look absolutely horrendous. I do share them with my uh, group sometimes, but I always have to say, this isn't what the end piece will look like. This is a very, very rough sketch on paper. Please don't uh, think this is it. And so yeah, I do a few rough sketches just to get warmed up and get my hand kind of ready for the, I say inking process. Um, Obviously, it's on an iPad, so it's not traditional ink, but I would use the ink pen in the app. And so I will then um, go over my line art and refine it, and then I will add in the tiny details. And sometimes I switch back and forth between the rough sketchy stage and the inking stage. So I might only partially sketch some of my design and then ink that, so that's final. And then I'll go back and start thinking about, hmm, what other elements can I add in and I think that's the beauty of the iPad is that you can move elements around in your picture and you can change things really easily. Whereas if I was doing that on paper, I would normally have to do the tracing paper method of like tracing a certain section and then like scribbling over it to move it to another part of the page. And it'd be really difficult to make things bigger or smaller. Whereas on the iPad, I can do that a lot easier. So you definitely still need to have illustration skills to be able to use the iPad but it just makes the kind of the faffy bits which you would do with pen and paper a lot easier and yeah and then once that's done I kind of convert it into different formats for different people so PDF, PNG, JPEG and then add that to my club for people to download and print. Where do you find ideas and inspirations? Hmm. Well, I, I know I've already said my club members, but generally I do just, again, just I kind of go on things that I see around me. So it can be something really random that I see. So, for example, when the Christmas cups come out in the coffee shop and they've got all the cute little designs on them, that might spark off an idea. Or I might see um, something in a movie and I might think, oh, yeah, I really like kind of lighting that they've done on that and then that will make me feel inspired to draw a page it all just it all just depends on what stuff I'm exposing myself to so one thing that I try to not do is look at other artists work because a that makes me feel very self-conscious about my own work I definitely fall into the comparison trap all the time and also I think it kind of boxes me in because I then just try and think oh well what could I do with that certain thing that they've drawn like maybe I could draw something like that and then I end up feeling confused about my own personal style so I love seeing other artists work and appreciating it but when it comes to getting my own inspiration I just kind of take that from my day-to-day -day life and it literally could be anything random even book covers absolutely love book covers and you know nice spreads in magazines all things like that inspire me
I mean, that can happen to ever anyone that we feel bad when we compare ourselves to others and what we are coloring or drawing. So what do you do if you feel like that? Yeah, I think it's kind of a shame that this actually happens to everyone. I think that's just the byproduct of being a creative person and pursuing a creative hobby. Um, but for me personally, I will definitely step away. So I will turn off social media and make make it a thing to not look at it, which is very, very hard when you're trying to run a business and also kind of expose yourself to other people in the industry. But yeah, the best thing to do for me is to step away. And normally I feel like I get, I fall into the comparison trap more when I'm not looking after myself how I should be. So it's usually during those times where I'm feeling a little bit flat myself that other people's amazing work will affect me. So if I do feel like I'm falling into the comparison trap, then it's more of a question of asking myself, like, why is this triggering me? Why is someone else's beautiful work triggering me to feel bad? And then it's kind of just digging deeper and deeper until I find out the actual real root cause. And some of it is probably just you know, me trying to push too hard to do too many things, getting myself overwhelmed, feeling a lot of pressure on me to deliver certain things to certain people at a certain time. And obviously, I'm trying to juggle a lot of stuff. So any deadlines that I impose are deadlines that I've kind of imposed on myself. But it's kind of recognising that and allowing myself to say, do you know what, you can step off the gas and you can have some creative time just to be creative, no need to put anything out in the world or create something for someone else you can just draw color whatever whatever you need to do to be honest I find just sitting down and reading a book is a really good way to kind of get myself out of that funk so I would say for me the comparison track often goes hand in hand with my mental health at the time so I'm not sure if that's the case for everyone else but I would always recommend if something is triggering you to feel bad then do whatever you can to step away from that, even if it's just temporarily. So, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise that social media can have a very, very big impact on your mental health if you let it. But it's also recognising that you have the power to step back from that. So if you're seeing other people's colouring and it's making you feel bad or inadequate, stop looking at it and go look at some cute puppies or something because there's always something else that you can entertain yourself with on social media. So, yeah. That would be my advice. What does the community means to you? Oh, it means everything. Because if it wasn't, as I said in the beginning, if it wasn't for that one person making me feel like I could do it, I would never have bothered to pursue it. And so every time someone has bought something from me or coloured something in or shared their work on social media and said, oh, I really enjoyed colouring this page in, you know, that is my it's almost my fuel to keep going, especially during that period that I had, you know, when I said with Archie when he was first born and I found it really hard and I really wanted to give up. It was actually the thought of all these people that have just supported me pretty much from day one. I thought I can't let them down. Like I feel like they're my friends. Like that's how close I feel like I've got to some people. And so I just had visions of me, saying to them you know I'm not going to do my art anymore and then really disappointing them I was like I can't do that so 
you know, I've, I've been very open with um, my club members and I've just been very open about my journey through motherhood and the struggles that I've had. And they're so lovely. So I think the community is great, obviously, for inspiring you to draw as an artist and just inspiring other people to get creative with their colouring pages. But on the whole, it's almost like everyone everyone in the community is, is kind of battling their own either mental health issue or trying to learn something or whatever. And everyone is really, really, really supportive of one another and particularly of artists. And so I just think it's an absolutely wonderful place to to be part of. I don't think there's any other Facebook community out there that is quite like the colouring community. It just seems very, very immersive and yeah I, I just think it's amazing it's actually why I've tried to do more of the artist support and artist series on my blog and interviewing other artists because for people that are quite new and trying to delve into the coloring book thing I'm like guys come on I'm going to put you in front of the coloring community because they're amazing and they will support you and it will inspire you to draw more so it's like I need the colorist to kind of inspire me and then my work in turn makes them happy. And I just think it's like this really lovely relationship of like back and forth. Like we both need one another to pursue our creative hobbies. So yeah, for me, the community is everything. Sorry, that was a bit of a, a waffling thing, but I do, I do really love the colouring community. It's one of the best out there. And uh, tell us a little bit about this creepy colouring collaboration you are doing right oh. now. <laughs> Do you know what? I started this idea ages ago. So a few months ago, so I thought, right, I'm going to be really organized and I'm going to team up with some of the other artists that I've interviewed on my blog and uh, I'll put together a nice little event. So I've never done an event before. So I thought, what an awesome way to get uh, five artists together to host something collaborative. Because for me, I think the key to anything is community and collaboration I don't believe in competition so I thought right let's get side by side with other artists that have completely different styles to me and people that have been really lovely and given me their time in the past and let's host something that's awesome for the colouring community and so we've all drawn five pages based on a set of drawing prompts that I put together and they were very basic so I'm actually really surprised at the, the diversity of the pages that came out at the end And these five pages have been given for free to anyone that is entering the event. So that's on Facebook. And yeah, I was quite overwhelmed with how many people that have joined. So it was very last minute trying to scramble everything together. So I had to create all of the graphics and then post it on social media and get everyone's pages together in a nice little PDF and set up the event. And so I think I spent about two days at absolutely just going manic trying to set this up but I'm so glad now because I think we've got about almost 500 people taking part in the event and everyone is saying how much they're enjoying it and so the the thing is that every page they colour counts as one entry into a random prize draw so they get a total of five chances to enter into that draw and then there will be five winners at the end that will each get Um, a prize from each artist so five winners with five prizes each so I think it's a really good incentive for everyone to get together colour have fun and because it's a random prize draw 
which I did on purpose. Um, there's no emphasis on who is the better colorist or, you know, there's no pressure on the artist to pick out of all of the amazing pages which they think should win. So yeah, anyone is welcome. All abilities and obviously digital or traditional mediums. And I just think it's a really lovely, inclusive event. I wish I could have included more artists, but I was a little bit, as I say, behind trying to juggle everything. But we got there in the end and I'm really glad. It's Halloweenish uh, pictures. Yeah. Who doesn't love Halloween? I actually prefer Halloween to Christmas. So I found it really fun to draw that style. And did uh, and who are the other uh, illustrators that are uh, joining this creepy coloring collaboration? Oh, oh, lovely people! So we have Kelly O'Gorman, who oh my gosh, her work is absolutely incredible. So she's someone that I actually um, I interviewed her because I was looking at her work and thinking, oh my god, I'm so rubbish compared to Kelly. And then I thought, snap out of it! Don't be an idiot. Why don't you ask to interview her? So I did. And then actually I realized, you know what? She's just an absolutely lovely person. She's a mum as well. So we've had that little bit of chit chat. Um, so yeah, she's just, it's just, she's so humble. So I thought, oh God, I'm such an idiot for ever comparing myself. So we have Kelly O'Gorman, Deborah Muller, Charlotte Trim, who is better known as By Charlie's Hand and she does paper cutting but she's a new artist on the coloring scene so I thought it'd be great to get her involved obviously that's an opportunity to get in front of a lot of colorists and then there is sassy coloring and I can't pronounce her actual name so I'm going to call her sassy because <laughs> her name is hard to pronounce <laughs> and then myself obviously have you met anyone from the community in real life yes so I have met one of my club members and she actually lives in Bristol as well so that's been really nice I've been able to meet up with her and have lunch and stuff and then I think there's one other person that I've met in person but I kind of knew them before anyway so I don't think that really counts but then there is a Colouring Heaven masterclass in Bath which is near to Bristol And that's happening later on this month. And I know that a lot of my club members are going. Colour with Claire will be there. Sammy will be there. Colour and chat with Sammy. So I think that's going to be amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. To be honest, I'm not even that bothered about the tutorial. So the tutorial is learning how to colour in skin. I'm more excited to meet everyone from the community. <laughs> I just think it's going to be great fun. So we're, we're actually hosting a pre-event event. So we are going to be meeting up with a bunch of colorists before the actual event and just having like a coffee and cake and coloring session. And then we're going to all head over to the masterclass with the Coloring Heaven crew. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. I can't wait. I mean, I've been on many coloring meetups here in Sweden and still I'm very jealous. I'm just, oh, I want to go there too. <laughs> I know. I felt really bad for everyone else that wasn't in the UK that was like, oh, I really want to go. And I was like, I want you to go as well. Just payloads for a plane ticket and come over <laughs> do you have any favorite coloring or drawing tools i mean you have your ipad yes i have my ipad and that will always be my one true love i absolutely love it but behind me i keep turning around as if you can see i'm showing you um <laughs> behind me i've got my prismacolor pencils all lined up neatly and i've got my polychromos and i've also got 
some touch five markers, which are like rip off versions of Copics. And I really love the markers and I really love the Prismacolor pencils, but I'm not too fussed in the polychromos, but I bought them because I had fear of missing out when everyone was mentioning how amazing they were. And so I went off on Amazon and I bought the huge set and I really regret buying them because I've never used them. I mean, I used them on one page and decided that they were too much effort <laughs> and I preferred Prismacolors because they were really bright and vibrant and you can kind of get um, a really lovely, uh, vibrant colour without too much effort so you can colour a page quite quickly. <laughs> So, yeah, I much prefer my Prismas if we're talking traditional medium. And what are your best colouring tips? The sort of techniques that you would use with traditional colouring do actually translate quite well into the digital environment. So you still have to have a good understanding of blending colours together. And I mean, I don't I don't try and achieve like fine art style with my finished pieces but I do try and think about where the light source is coming from and where uh, light would be hitting certain things and where shadows would be cast so I just think general kind of art techniques are really good to learn about before colouring but if you were just kind of approaching it as a beginner because that's definitely something that's more for people that are advanced and have kind of delved into the hobby a lot more But if you're a beginner to colouring, I would just say tip number one would be to pick up a good set of pens or pencils because you do want to have a positive experience on your first go. So, yes, you can buy cheap pencils, say, from the pound store, but you probably won't have as an enjoyable experience using them. Um, So I would say invest in a semi-decent set of pencils and then, yeah, just kind of just go for block colouring don't worry about what the outcome is going to look like I would say just try and enjoy the page and don't overthink it because I think the the most upsetting thing I see is when people join a Facebook group like a colouring group and then they say hi I'm new to colouring and I really want to learn how to blend and do this and do that and I've got this beautiful book but I don't want to colour it because I don't want to ruin it and in my head I'm thinking oh that's so silly like just just enjoy the colouring for what it is. Like there's nothing more satisfying than just sitting there, block colouring, not thinking about the colours that you're picking, just going with, with whatever your mood dictates and then just zoning out because that's what it's all about. It's just being creative and having that time to yourself. So yeah, my tip would be just invest in some nice tools, get a book that really uh, lights you up because you love the illustrations and it makes you want to colour in and then just don't worry too much about the rest like just sit down and enjoy yourself don't be me and buy books and let them sit on the on the shelf and collect dust because that's the worst thing you can do <laughs> so yeah and what are your best drawing tips oh god drawing's uh, a hard one i would say if you are new to drawing Again, like probably taking the time to look on YouTube and look at some tutorials or step by steps, um, investing in good art books as well. So maybe like a nice little sketchbook that you can take with you on the go. So if you just want to sit and doodle something, then that's good. But it, it really depends on the sort of stuff that you want to draw. 
So I draw quite simplistic stuff, which I, I think, to be honest, doesn't really need that much in the way of tutorials. You just kind of draw something, you you look at something and simplify it, simplify it down to its basic shapes and then go from there. Um, but if you're looking into doing more realistic looking stuff, then, yeah, it probably would pay off to uh, get some good books on just art and drawing techniques. And again, if you're using a particular medium, then you might want to learn how to use that medium properly before trying to produce something. But in the beginning stages, it is just it's the art of doing something every single day. And yes, what you draw at the beginning will look absolutely crap. But don't judge yourself and just keep moving forward. So if you can get in the habit of doing something every day, even if it's for 10 minutes, then do it. In fact, Inktober, which is happening right now, I think that's a set of 31 drawing prompts. I would love to do that if I had the time because I think it's the perfect exercise to uh, do every single day if you're trying to improve your drawing skills. But yeah, I don't have time with all the stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, maybe something like that would be good as well. And it's just drawing something and allowing yourself to make a mess. Like don't, don't judge yourself basically. And then just keep going. That's all you can do. Anything that is worth doing or learning takes a lot of time. And I think there's a quote or something about you need to have at least 10,000 hours of practice under your belt before you can call yourself an expert. And so that's a lot of drawing time. So the best thing to do is just start and keep going. And you were mentioning earlier that you are doing a coloring book in the future. Mm hmm. So at the moment, and it is largely because of the time constraints that I have. At the moment, I'm just drawing a page or two a month for my club members. But eventually, when I've got enough pages, I will turn that into a physical book. But the actual process of creating a physical book, because I do everything from like the graphic design on the front cover and the illustration of the front cover and putting everything together and formatting it in InDesign and things like that it is such a long process. So I can't churn out books quite as quickly as other artists can. And I don't really like the Amazon uh, publishing thing. I just don't like the paper. So I like to have com complete control over the in entire process. So that does involve looking at printers and testing paper and things like that. So definitely will be happening in the future. I'm guessing maybe middle of next year which seems like a long time away but you know I just have to appreciate that I don't have all the time in the world and I've just got to do what I can with the time that I have but yeah I can't wait I'm so happy that you joined the podcast oh thank you for having me honestly the pleasure has been all mine it's been really fun I could probably chat all day <laughs> if we just had the time <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and uh Thank you, all of you that have been listening to this, and uh, goodbye. Bye, everyone.